0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the next episode of the Strand Tennis Center podcast filled with tips, advice, tennis, not tennis, just life advice, too. Whatever you need. Uh, like it on YouTube. Share it on uh, the podcast as well. Thank you. Welcome to the Strand Tennis Center podcast, everybody. It is what? March what? Let's see. What is the March 17th, Thursday. We do these on Thursdays as best we can. I've just had a great conversation with Coach CJ, one of our coaches. His birthday was March 10th. How old are you, CJ? 24. CJ is 24. It was very interesting. He went to a restaurant in my stomping grounds. And a very interesting story that I probably shouldn't share because it's a little personal and a little about interrelationships and things like that. It's just uh, I'm dying to talk about it, but I, but I can't. And, of course, the phone rings. Santi, we have lots of things going on. Um, we are in operations. We are in re-enrollment, obviously, for spring, so a lot of things are going on. But I was just kind of thinking about the start of this thing and creation stories, because I've been listening to a lot of creation stories lately, and they're, uh, they're fascinating. And uh, I don't know. Maybe ours is interesting, but I'll start to go through this whole thing. We started this in 2009, I played tennis in high school. I played in college, I played for Rutgers. We were Division one. We were pretty good. Uh, not top 25, but we were solid, did that for four years, thought I wanted to be a uh, ESPN reporter. And I think we talked about this originally with this podcast first, but I thought I wanted to be on ESPN and wanted to be on Sports Center and things like that. CJ, uh, you're embarrassing me with your lovely neck. Show everybody your lovely necklace. Come out here real quick and show everybody St. Patrick's Day, everybody today. Happy St. Patrick's Day! And CJ is part of the part of the process and part of the fun, part of the problem. <laughs> he's part of the problem. Yeah, he's very very into St. Patrick's Day. He's where you going to a party, right? Going to a uh... Yeah, same Paddy's Day party with the family. That's nice. You enjoy yourself. Have I a good have time. Some good corned beef. Maybe I might dabble in a little bit of uh, adult beverages. As I was yeah, 24 years old. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> adult beverages. You dabble, CJ. You can dabble. You have to be at work. I said already, seven thirty in the morning. So be responsible, CJ. Discipline, discipline. So uh, yeah, played for uh, Rutgers. Uh, played singles and doubles. Graduated. Thought I wanted to be a sports writer. Worked for a company called Bloomberg Business News. See, CJ, Have a great party. Uh, thought I uh, wanted to do that. So I was a writer for them. I covered, I covered uh, the ATP tour and the WTA and traveled around, did that, and found that it wasn't as interesting as I thought it was. But at Bloomberg Business News, to my left and right were business wait, wait, writers. Hold
1: on. Why but, is it not interesting?
0: As why a the ATP, that, because it wasn't interesting because at the bottom line, maybe I didn't like writing a ton because there was a lot of writing to do, right? So it was good going to the matches. It was good doing the interviews. And I'd rather just talk about it like this. I was on the writing side, okay. and it was very, very dry. Like, it, writing sports stuff, if you don't do a column... You're basically just covering the event, and it's very cookie-cutter, and you have an editor, and it's not really creative. Okay. So you're just saying, all that right, this person like won, this person did this, yeah. or you're on, say, your injuries, this person's injured, this is this, this is that, it's, and you're just gathering information. Yeah. Um, and, and and this is not for every reporter. I, every reporter was, they're just not liked by the athletes, All the athletes really are annoyed by the reporters, and most of the reporters are just want-to-be athletes. It's unfortunate. Most of them are not great athletes. They always wanted to be athletes, so they want to be around them. And they're highly, highly uh, annoying to those athletes. And the athletes are just in generally don't want to talk to you because they feel... That you asked the wrong question. A lot of these reporters, it's funny, didn't know much. They, kn- they don't know enough about the sport because they haven't played it enough, so you can't ask right. the real right question. And that's why they're starting to get more guys like Patrick Mackerel and yeah. all those people that have played to even be more reporters and ask they're more questions. Athletes, yes. Right. Correct, because it used to be that Marv Albert and all those guys would ask the questions. They're just journalists, right? Not like when I saw Joe Theismann years ago who played football do an interview with Lawrence Taylor, I was like, wow, they're finally they're having the player do the interview. It used to be that just the journalists do it, but they never played the sport. And I think that's why they're doing it more, because these journalists are getting less respect from the players. They just think that they haven't played. So they don't get it. So I felt that, and I felt like I was kind of like a wannabe, like I wanted to hang around these athletes. That's what it felt like being a reporter. So I was like, I have a, so I'm working for Bloomberg Business News, and I got tech reporters on this side. I got, you know, uh, I got company reporters on that side. I got all these different things, bond markets, this thing. And I'm like, boy, I like business. I like these guys. We talk about these tech companies all the time. We talk about all of these business things. And I'm like, well, I don't want to be a reporter. I still love tennis. I love to play. I love the business aspect of this thing. I've always taught. So I'm like, why don't I go back into teaching and try to start more of a business at it, right? So I was always kind of teaching, and I was always working, and I I ended up working nights at Bloomberg at one point doing a lot of teaching. And at one point, it just got past the point of critical mass. We were just... I was just teaching. It starts. It's like the Howard Schultz book. Like one, one. Like Howard Schultz's first book is great. It's like one. I think it's called "One Cup of Coffee at a Time." It's just one lesson. It's like anything else. You do one lesson. Somebody likes it. You do another lesson, and then somebody tells somebody else, and you do two lessons, and then you got three, and then somebody says, "Oh," and if you're doing a good job, and this is a great kind of a business thing, people want to tell somebody about the lesson because. It gives them a little value prop. They're exposing somebody else to something that's great, and when that friend loves it, they've done them a favor. And people will spread things like wildfire if it's that good because it, makes, it gives them kind of... It's almost like they're doing them the favor if it's something so good. So that's how it starts. You do three or four lessons. Somebody talks about it. They like it. Then all of a sudden you have 7, 12, and 15, and you just don't have the time to do them all, mm-hmm. so at that point, I was working at nights in Bloomberg, and I, I can't remember. I think one day I just didn't. I, I like gave my two weeks notice, and it was bad. I think I didn't show up the last one day, and then the editor took me in and is like, uh, "You don't have to come back here," because I, I think I just didn't come in one night, and I had two days left to work. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was yeah, just yeah. bad. It was bad, but uh, you know, don't. None of the employees that work here do that. Please, we need we need your whole schedule. But, uh, it was really, really a point where it just got to the point where it was too busy that you couldn't manage it. And it was more, much more fun growing something than personally working for somebody. And that was really the difference. I was kind of growing something from the ground up. It was interesting and exciting, and I was growing something from, from zero, and, uh, kind of your own thing, right? When it's your own thing, it's always the best. You're you're doing something. You're sowing the seeds and you're seeing the fruits of your labor, right? It's always great to do it yourself. And and we've always talked about this. It's great to do it yourself and it all it all it all ends up on you, right? So you have to be very careful about saying I want to do this. Things have to happen organically. Like I could never sit like, you know, Tony Shea, who unfortunately passed away, like those guys would work at a company, and they'd discuss business ideas and startup ideas and say, let's do this. Let's try this. I could never do that. Like, I'm not like, okay, I'm going to work for Bloomberg, and then I'm going to, at night, think of four different things to sell. Mm. It just has to happen organically. Like, I taught tennis. People liked that I taught it, and I taught them again, and it was fun. And all of a sudden, I've had four lessons and five lessons. you got cash in your hand, you're making money, and it's fun. It just happens organically. Those things have to just happen i can't sit down and think of a business idea it has to come from me and that's why now the genuine yeah it has to be yeah. genuine now the holding company that we have i think of business ideas off of it right so i'm like oh well, we can do this we can be a consultant for that and all that thing and it it just happens organically that i could not again do like i don't know uh, well to me maybe it ring maybe it it it, it it, it rings of fakeness or, if you're just maybe, trying to
1: or maybe like if it doesn't come out of you naturally you correct. Won't be, you won't be as interested in it
0: maybe correct Did you won't you say that? sure because yeah. you won't work as hard yeah. and it and it won't be something that's coming from the heart it's like yeah. saying it's like when people go like like I see all these interviews like where how do we go viral on TikTok we should do this this and this well that doesn't make any sense you're just trying to find all the key points to do it just yeah. put out what you like Put out what you enjoy, and if people like it, they like it. That's basically it. You can't be like, "I'm going to find the three hacks so I get a billion followers." It just doesn't make sense. It's like the same thing. It's like, "I'm going to sell." It's like, I don't know. What's what was like? Like, I'm going to start selling something that I have no interest in because it's popular right now. What's popular right now as a product that is selling? Um, Think about anything. Uh, I I wouldn't even know. What's the most? I mean... PS5. Yeah, PS5. PS5. You know, I couldn't... Like, it's, well, that is so exclusionary. I couldn't even figure out how to make a video game. Uh, it's like selling, like, say, uh, you know, slime or something. When slime was popular, I'm going to figure out how to sell some slime and buy it for cheap and sell it. That doesn't... That arbitrage doesn't interest me, and that... I don't get interested in that. Yeah, but if you're running a holding company, you have a business, you're doing this, and you go inside that business, okay, there's a few different ideas I can come up with here. This is interesting... And then it builds from there. So it has to be organic. So that's how it kind of started. You're just doing all these lessons. You're making cash. It's kind of interesting. You're kind of your own boss. You can set your own schedule. So it just morphed into that. So I started teaching more. I started teaching at a club because you needed to teach somewhere. Tennis clubs are very, excuse me, exclusionary. You can't just say, all right, I'm going to start a coffee shop and rent something that's like 2,000 square feet. You know, you need 50,000 square feet, and you can't find one indoor tennis court. It's very hard unless you're going to do it and find somebody that's got an indoor court at their house, and that's very difficult because what, are you going to run a business out of their house? So it takes a long time. So you go, and you go, all right, I got my clients. I'm doing this. I'm working at this club right now. I teach some. Of, I was teaching my clients You know, outside, people that I would teach in the summer times, and I would bring them inside as part of the club, but then you... Are not the owner of that club, so you're you're just giving those clients to those people right so then, at one point, uh, I was working uh, I was a head pro at a club, and I just was a bad employee, so I just wasn't interested in listening to people. That was my own thing because I had done lessons myself, and I felt like you know I felt like I knew how to do it better. Uh, I probably could have handled the situation better, but anytime you get fired, it 's always a gift. And I got fired because I wasn't listening. I was ordering, like, tennis balls and doing my own thing, ordering them for the club and going, why do I have to ask somebody, here I'm running the tennis? They didn't like that, and they promptly took me in and said, you know, you're f-. It, was like a, it was like also a demo thing. I, I was like, this is where I think when you nickel and dime the, 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 uh, the, the customer, like, we, get, we have demos here. We have a bucket of demos there, Santi, right? People use them. They wanted $2 a demo. I'm like, I'm not charging people, and I would just give the demos away, out, and they didn't. I wasn't listening. So they. You know what that reminds me of? What? When I used
1: to work in restaurants in college, I used to give away sodas. I got reamed out of the way for, like, this old lady wanted a soda, and I was like, and like she only drank half of it, and I was like, you get free refills, but like I was just a little old lady, just yeah. let her have a soda.
0: It's a nice thing to do. Yeah,
1: and then I got caught, and then we had a big meeting. And it's like, it's $2. Like, what the... Come on, like, you guys make hundreds of thousands of
0: dollars a day. It, it really is true that the $2 can cr- create so much value to somebody. That old lady could tell four people. And who knows who that old lady knows? Maybe that right. old lady knows some huge investor sure. that will then go, all right, I'm going to donate a... Who, who the hell knows? These stranger things, I'm going to donate a building to the college. You know, shit like that, you just don't know. Why does Chipotle sometimes, when I go... They just say, Meals on me today. They're told to do that. Oh, really? You never had that happen to you? I wish. Maybe. (laughs) I'm special. Well, Smashburger does it too. Danny Meyer makes sure that they give meals away. Just a surprise. Say, Meals on us today. Like, that's a huge thing to do. And you should do that. Just a general surprise to somebody. And I always say that. I always... And we should read. Reinitiate this and i told all the pros that you should give like you have a hundred dollars to give away like give away a lesson give away stuff like that when you want to a month or something like that because okay. it's important just to all of a sudden give something to somebody because we're always charging and it's and it's expensive because it's a big club and it's a, there's a lot of expenses a big big space but back to uh back to the the story the creation story so we were uh yeah, so I was working at a club, I got fired, I wasn't listening. The two dollar demos. We're talking about the two dollar yeah, demos. So they probably took me in the office and got rid of me and you know I, but again, it's always a great thing. So then I'm looking and I found a club where I could teach my own clients in it, right? I could teach my own clients. All I had to do was buy the court time. So you're kind of running your own business inside the club. So it was great. All of a sudden I'm like, wow, I can do this, I can do this. And the problem with that is, is you start to get comfortable and you start to, you don't start to realize that you're really not in charge. You're really not just because you're renting court time of a place and running your lessons. There's still politics that you have to be aware of that I was never good at. And I don't know. I think I was renting more court time. And then one day I didn't come in and I had three pros working and like the director or the owner was like, where were you? I was like, what do you mean I'm renting court time and I hired three pros to do it. He didn't like that. Wow. Because it's basically I'm then kind of running a business not being it's there like, yeah, yeah. taking too much court time. There was at one point there was no court time, there was, you know, no court time being booked in a specific area of this club and I was booking it all and then all of a sudden didn't like that either. So I felt like it kind of was like you know, you can rent your core time, but stay in your lane and don't don't rent too much core time, and don't be running a, a real big business out in, inside the club. So I was promptly fired again. <laughs> I, this is a this is a great this is a great little story. I was promptly fired again, Santi, and it's always a gift because if I didn't get fired, I would have probably been teaching at that club because I was making good money. Right? I was basically. Doing much of the same thing, right? Not totally, but I was doing a lot of it. I was creating a business. I was working on, you know, promoting that business, renting time, like renting a place at at a coffee shop and selling coffee, right? Promptly got fired. (laughs) So, but luckily enough, and I always said, like, this person should have fired me. The problem, the 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 issue was, if you really look, and this is like, you ever see the movie The Founder? It's about Ray Kroc. You know no Ray Kroc? You, you know something? You kill me. No, Ray Kroc crazy. is basically the guy that took McDonald's from one restaurant to the biggest oh, real estate... Oh, company. Yeah, oh, yeah. With yeah, yeah, Michael yeah. Keith yeah, yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, yeah it, was really, it was really good. But <laughs> there's one line in they there... Like stole it from them. Well, he did. Basically, he... Became a franchisee and then yeah. went, like, and I can't stand all out. these rules. Then yeah. was buying all the land that he was yeah. ranting. He owned a franchise yeah. company but then said, listen, enough is enough. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. So, okay. But he said, basically, you know, if my co- competitor was drowning, I'd stick a, ho- hose, uh, a hose in his mouth. And he asked the brothers, can I, can I say the same thing for you? Would you do that? And they would say no. So what this person did that fired me was he didn't put the hose in my mouth, so to speak. In other words, I had bought time for the year and there was six months left and instead of biting the bullet and writing me a check he wanted that money and kept me there Uh, so i was fired but i had to work another six months so what that did was it allowed me to keep teaching my clients and set them up somewhere else so if you fire somebody in january and they have nowhere to go and nowhere to put them you're dead it's tough but if you let them teach and they can line up where they go in the springtime or in the summertime, and you can go, all right, I can go outside for the next three months, and I got another six months to figure this out, really. So, you know, he should have, he should have did the Ray Kroc on me. He should have put yeah. the hose in my mouth. But it was kind of a, it was a great gift, though, that I was fired. So it made me go find a club outside that I could t- take those clients with. So I had a 3 court facility that I managed outside. And I leased that. It worked out great. I actually found, it makes you hustle and find something. And then, yeah. and at that time, while I was doing that, I had another three months. I found this building, and it was just in the back. Remember, there was a wholesale florist all in the front. Santi, florist. we had okay. the, the the building had six thousand square feet left in the back of it. Yeah. So I had full clientele, and I only could put one court back there. Yeah. And and they had six thousand square feet in the front it was floors and all this stuff. Right. And I said I'll take it because this was all I had. So okay. I took. And I had one court. I think it was 2009. I taught from 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. I think I had one other person. I think Alex was working on the one court. Alex, who works here. Um, And uh, we would just shift around. That would be it. Basically, I mean, I'm sure there's somebody else worked with one court. Chris wasn't here at one court. But it was basically... Me working every day with one other person, probably 12 hours. They would work another, I don't know. I, maybe it was, yeah, it was probably 8 to 6, and then someone would work 6 to 10. or I don't even know. But it was, it was just like that. It was just 12 hours a day, every day. And that's, that's the, and it was the funnest time. I'm telling you, I remember going home and being so pumped up. Because it was yours, right? You were doing something. You're like, wow, I'm building something here from Zero. From zero, and that's why, you know, and there's great stories about startups. Like, startup, a startup is like a baby, right? Mm-hmm. It's a baby. You take care of it. You nurture it. When you get employees, you nurture them. You treat te- you them well. We're, now we're like, again, we're 15. Like, we're high schoolers, right? I, yeah. give them, I give everybody more freedom. They'll fuck things up, sure. But whatever. You, you don't throw your kid out of the house, right? You yeah. do your best, and if, unless they burn the house down. Right. But you do your best... When you get to that high school level to say, which we're in now, to say, all right, people got free reign. But it was great. So it was about a year. Oh, I, I, my God. It was about a year or two years. And this is the best story, right? So we would teach in the back, right? But there was a wholesale florist in the front. And every Sunday, because you could hear, because you could hear, every Sunday, n- nuns would come in yeah. to buy flowers. Okay. And there was this one guy that I would teach on Saturday that would curse up oh, a yeah. fucking It would be like, motherfucker, diet, cocksucker, piece of shit, bubble. blah, blah. And the oh, nuns, oh, sh- came, and then the florist <laughs> guy came up to me, the nuns, the nuns are very upset and disturbed <laughs> that they're hearing this word cocksucker and all this stuff. It was like, it was unbelievable. So like, it was really bad. Okay. So those stories like that are very fun. You could smell the flowers. You would yeah. smell all the cuts. Awesome. It, it would just, that okay. was a great time, though. And then, and then the florist in those days, wholesale florists were big deals, but now everybody sells flowers. Whole Foods, Acme, everyone. So you don't need a wholesaler as much. You can get them anywhere. So they were losing more space. Mm-hmm. So I said I'll take it. So then we had then two courts, and then we had two more employees, and we did that. I, I wish I would know the years. I should know this. And then we, then they went out of business, and we had and we had a chance to take the, the whole. went out of, went out of yeah. We had a chance to take the whole front, but of course everybody wanted yeah, yeah. that big a building. Yeah. So I had to fight for it, right? So you have to fight even more. Like I had all these people that wanted the front of the building. Bids yeah, bids and shit yeah. like that. So I'm like, all right, da-da-da-da-da, and say, you know, you have to do whatever you can. Say, I want this, blah-blah-blah, I'll do whatever, I, and whatever. So yeah. it worked out. I finally got it. But it was, it was a battle. You were nervous there for a while. So then we got the whole space, I think, I don't know, oh gosh, seven years ago. Really? But, That's it? Well, I don't know. Was it seven or was it ten? You know, it's okay. it, it's it's my bad that I shouldn't know. I think it's two thousand. Was it thirteen years? Two thousand eight. So it's like fourteen years. Um, uh, I'd like to say maybe maybe nine of those are the whole space. Jeez. Probably. Probably
1: so under, 10.
0: under ten. Under ten. I think it's under ten. But uh, but I was just the point of this whole story is. Again, it's 14 years and it's only just begun, right? These things just just begin and it only takes one lesson, one cup of coffee, one racket you sell, one thing you do, and then it goes to two to four to eight. Like the, the woman who sold Bliss to, I forget the huge, huge company she sold it to, that's all she did. She rented her space and she said, well, if I can do this many consultations – I can afford the rent, and then I can afford another person. That's all it is. It starts out with saying, okay, what can I do to afford the rent? And then what can I do to then hire one other person? And then two other people, then three other people. That's all it is. It's not – that's why today's day and age where all these companies are just raising millions of dollars and not really running a business that makes money happens a lot a lot of these startups are raising millions and millions of dollars and they're they're valued at 35 million and what but what's their profitability like they're just burning through cash mm-hmm. you know so they're not really making money they know how to raise money yeah. they call that financial arbitrage where they're just making money or they're just raising money mm-hmm. so really if you want to be a entrepreneur you really want to you gotta love what you do. You gotta wanna help. You gotta wanna really believe in what you do. But you gotta realize you gotta learn how to make the bottom line at the end of the day, right? You have to go, all right, I, 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 I gotta take some chances because I, I'm a startup and I, uh, the whole point of it is taking chances. But I also have to realize I gotta figure out how to become profitable. Because if I can't, you know, it's really rare for a company like Amazon to be so patient. They're just a patient company. They'll outlast you the whole time. They'll bring a margin down to zero, Amazon. That's what they'll do. They'll make, it, they'll, they'll make, the, pro, they'll make the margin so low that they'll just squeeze everybody else because they're patient. They just know that they're going to outlast everybody else. And I mean, that stock was going up, and they weren't making money for years. And they finally made, started making money only recently in the quarters, right? I mean, how long ago was it? But for years, they didn't make any money. So you have to exercise patience and realize, all right, I have to become profitable. Try to, be, how to be, figure out how to become profitable in a month. That's what you have to figure out how to do. Within the month, I like when all these businesses go, you won't make money for five years. I'm like, that's crazy. You need to figure out how to become profitable within six weeks. <laughs> because if you don't, there's not going to be somebody around the corner like uh, Sequoia or anybody or Blackstone that's going to give you a bunch of money. Uh, No. Uh, So you have to assume that no one's coming around the corner to give you money to finance whatever idea you have. And that's what a lot of the young kids have now. I got a great idea. I think, uh, you know, I think it's worth 30 million. Give me some money. But so I just was kind of interested in that today, that the whole story, the whole start of it and the whole time and pressure thing like we all talk about. And you bring it back to tennis. That's what all these players do. They have one ball at a time, another ball, another ball, another ball, and then all of a sudden it becomes a sequence of hits, and it becomes a strategy, and it becomes a game, and you are starting to win. There is no mystery to any of it. Um, I mean, that's how that's how it goes, and it's not like. And again, I am not telling the story like, oh my god, we're uh, we're worth three trillion dollars, and we're just enjoying. No, this is we're in the middle of it, right? We finally got to a place where we're at least. We're teenagers, and you got some freedoms, and you can make some decisions, and you can let the employees make some decisions. But we're still at the beginning of all this. We're just teenagers. I can't wait till we get to middle age, as that's when you're supposed to make some money. <laughs> but uh, any any other uh, observations or comments, Santi? What do you think?
1: Uh, real quick, my question would be like since you've been here so long and you know run it so long, do you? I would say like I mean I've really been here for like almost a year. Do you enjoy seeing kids that start from like mediocre skill and then they're, they're going to go to like D1 schools, D2, D3 schools, you know, like
0: Well, that's a pretty that's you're, a, a you're
1: like you're molding them into like a certain like uh, you know, and they come to you to learn and like
0: Well, that's, that's a, a pretty big delta from being a beginner to division yeah. 1. So that's a big one, but no to uh, to 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 say yes. That kind of development yeah, you like rewarding. it. You do. And you like when you just see them get into college. It just all of a sudden becomes more of a like, well, they've grown up, they've gotten to college, they're going to school, at least, and they, even that they're, they're playing club, like, that, like Kendall, who worked for us, is playing club at Northeastern, and her mother was so happy that she's playing club, and that's real rewarding. It's a big deal. Like, we just talked to uh, one client, the, the kid made his freshman, his uh, JV team, he's so excited. Right, that's great. Yeah. You teach him. We'll, we'll 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 mention his name, but uh, we'll. we'll awesome. But they're super excited about it, right? It's uh it's one of those things that, no matter what level, even if it's Division One or making your JV team, the the reward and the and the self confidence the kid gets by doing that, setting a goal out there, putting yourself out there, and making it, it's great. No, it's it's an awesome thing. Um, yeah, I mean. Uh, development is great. Yeah, I mean I mean how do you feel? I mean do you feel fulfilled that you've think that you developed in this job?
1: Yeah, I feel like I grow, you know, every day. I learn little things every here and there. I don't freak out over too many things anymore. Um, it feels like natural and like comfortable but like at the same time enjoyable.
0: That's why we have to change it up again on you. We don't want you too comfortable. We like to change it up a little bit. Keep Not stress, but just a little pushing yourself a little. When you challenge yourself a little bit, you're more rewarded. Yeah. So get ready. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Hopefully that helped. Uh, just a little story about uh, life, perseverance. Have a great day. Share the podcast, please. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Hope you like the podcast. Please share with your friends, anybody that you know, anybody that's into tennis, anybody that's into bettering themselves, share it.